she's dated like the likes of uh, Mick Jagger and Clint Eastwood and like they've actually interviewed her and she just says I really like old people and I'm just like well like did, did you I see her know. in school actually when you were studying old people maybe she was there she's <laughs> Do you yeah. love old people? I, I really love old people, though. And you're like, what? <laughs> what no. do you mean? <laughs> oh, my God. Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You're here. You found us. You probably love romantic comedies, which is amazing. We do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have Something's Gotta Gotta Give, and wherever you're listening to us, please throw us a follow, subscribe, leave reviews, they help more people find us, and if you ever want to reach out about anything on the podcast, you can hit us up uh, on Instagram, throw us a DM, at Romcom Rewind, we got this DM from Kristen, hi Devin and Sarah, love the podcast. She says, I just started listening about a month and a half ago and have binged probably the majority of the episodes while I clean, walk my dog, drive to the high school I work at, and back literally all the time. Just wanted to say thank you for being consistent companions in a really crazy time in my life. Our girl Kristen is finishing her master's degree and applying to school counseling jobs. Big ups to Kristen. Um... She said, uh, and and making me laugh out loud after some hard days of counseling teens. A few suggestions I have for future episodes are The Duff. So good. I really liked that movie, especially with Robbie Amell in it. (laughs) Sarah and Robbie Amell. Uh, Something from Tiffany is so close. We had. I really really want to watch that. Have you ever seen it? When in Rome. And Work It, which is a Netflix dance rom-com starring Jordan Fisher and Sabrina Carpenter. Oh, Kristen also. Oh, Kristen. (laughs) Do you know what this no, is? No, I don't. Sarah responds to all of our I messages. Do, I do. So you did respond. I did. And because um, uh, Kristen said, I'm a thousand percent with Sarah on oh, her yes. Andy yes. Samberg love. Woo-hoo. I can't explain it. Yeah, nobody can, Kristen. <laughs> I just think he's the most wonderful. If he you get is. it, you get it. And if you don't, you don't. Well, I don't. But thank you for listening. Yeah. Kristen. You know, you know, <laughs> you know. Seriously, though, and thank you for sharing that little update on your life. We love hearing just like more about you, who you are. Um, We always want to bring, you know, you in to what we do here on the Rom-Com Rewind. So thank you for the message. And if you want to reach out on our Instagram, uh, Something's Gotta Give is a 2003 romantic comedy drama produced and directed by Nancy Myers. Myers has been responsible for The Parent Trap, The Holiday, It's Complicated, What Women Want, Father of the Bride, Nancy is romantic comedy royalty. She is. And this is her movie, Something's Gotta Give, the story of Harry Sanborn, played by Jack Nicholson. And it's the story of Erica Berry, played by Dan Keaton. When we meet Harry, he's actually dating Erica Berry's daughter, Marin, played by Amanda Peet. Amanda is about 35-ish years younger than Harry. We learn very quickly Harry is one of those kind of perpetual bachelors who exclusively date women much younger than him. I think you see a lot of these archetypes in Hollywood. Uh, When Marin and Harry go to her mother's beach house, they run into Erica Berry, who I mentioned, along with Marin's sister Zoe, played by Frances McDormand. And through this awkward meeting and actually a serious... Uh, a series of serious unfortunate events for Harry. He ends up in the hospital and it ends up that he must stay at that beach house with Erica Berry while his health returns, much to both of their chagrins. I don't know if chagrins is plural, but I just did it. Um, And of course, as we know, love is likely to blossom in an unlikely pairing as those two. What are your thoughts on Something's Gotta Give? Sanborn. 
Got your table waiting. The minute you walked in the Look at me. I'm positively debonair. I should be illegal. I'm looking so good. What does a life of bucking the system all add up to? To never settle down for a life of leftovers and Christmas mornings? I think it's made me what I am today. I liked this movie. I liked that it wasn't a typical young 30-somethings about finding love and falling in love and, you know, finding, you know, whatever. I think that this was about two people who really had not loved ever before and found their soulmate but that they had both lived a life before finding each other and that the entire movie, you know, was about them falling in love and that sometimes it doesn't work out, but until it does. Was, it was kind of an enemies to lovers, but that they built their fondness and love for each other over the whole entire movie. And I liked that. It's, it wasn't like a, we hate each other. And then all of a sudden we love each other. And it's like not believable. It actually built over the entire course of the movie and I and I appreciated and loved that I loved the cast the writing was great the dialogue between the characters was very well done and very thoughtful yeah I agree like uh, first blush I thought is this movie a little too long but then there are a lot of any enemies to lovers stories that just kind of you're like oh and now they like each other when did that happen whereas this film it is a little bit longer but I think it gives time for that to blossom and breathe in a more believable way. I'm like, oh shit, they hated each other, but now we had all this time, all this dialogue, all these things happened, and now I get it. It's not just like, and now they love each other. Well, yeah. like, what? It's they like, do? It's like you watch it in the movie theaters. You get up to go for a pee break and you come back and now they like each other. Yeah. You're like, wow, that happened in literally a span of three minutes. It was it was gradual <laughs> and intentional, which like a lot of movies, I will take shots at length if it feels too long. This felt long, but it, did, it was yeah, purposeful. A little bit. And I think it mm-hmm. needed to be that long. Um, yeah, I think this is a great classic romantic comedy. I think, though, we need to discuss... Mm-hmm. The walking of the line, and I want to, because I'm a guy, so it's tough for me to talk about, but (laughs) I think this film, because of the grace of the stars that it has in the film, it gets away with it, but it could have come off awkward or cringy. Oh, yeah. Because, like, like, Jack Nicholson deserves full points for playing a character who I think if many other people played him, you'd be like, this guy is disgusting. Yeah. But because it's Jack Nicholson, you're like, oh, there's just this charm that I get it. And he's never, he's never too much. Yeah. He's a little bit uncomfortable, but not too uncomfortable. He's a little bit cringy, but he's not super cringy, you know? Well, and it's, it's like you accept him right off the bat of who he is and what he does and just his lifestyle. Yeah. Right. Like you're talking about him dating younger women, I'm assuming, right? Yes. yes. Okay. Just, you never actually said it. So, um, I which think a lot of people get a lot of shit for in real life, no, which I'm going to talk about. I, yes, I completely agree. But I also think that, yeah, I think they chose the right character or sorry, the right actor to do so. Um, it was implied at, from the get-go that this was what this character was going to do. But I think, too, that did they do it by design, that they hadn't slept together yet, that um, their relationship was still kind of in the early stages, and every woman after Marin um, and, and Erica was kind of portrayed as, oh, we're just, you know, we're friends. And it never went anywhere like his house. It was always a dinner or a lunch. I also think it was by design that 
uh, Erica and her sister Zoe are kind of playing the part of the audience in that when they meet Harry and mm. they learn what, what he's all about, they're a little bit appalled. They're like, oh, really? You date younger people? And it's kind of like what you as the audience is also thinking like, yeah, can somebody ask him questions about this <laughs> shit? And like Zoe yeah. is very like, she's a feminist. She's, you know, oh, you know, psych psychologically, like this is probably like what your deal is. And she's like dissecting him a little bit. And Erica is very pointed with her questions. So I think that gives it a little bit more leeway in terms of like, okay, everybody's aware of the perception of Harry in this film. And like I said, Jack Nicholson is kind of great because he's, he's still very charming and he's very like, yeah, I know what I am. I get it. It's not everybody's cup of tea. I think he makes the joke. Like I avoided the noose for so long. You know, he just makes cracks like that. Yeah. So you kind of, I, I think with a different cast of actors and actresses, this film feels gross. And what you end up with, <laughs> something's got to give is like a really charming film that you're like, Oh, this was lovely. And we got past yeah. all the weirdness of that. And well, I think they wanted to address it, you know? Yeah. And I also think that if he had in the end ended up with Marin or someone younger, it would have been different. All right, let's dive in. Jack Nicholson. He plays a playboy who likes dating women who are under 30. Um, but he thinks that women over a certain age don't date him. So like he, in his mind has portrayed this, like, you know, idea that women over a specific age, probably 30, don't want to date him. They just don't like me. And let's be honest. I mean, he's not great looking, so he has to bring other things to the table. <laughs> you don't think Jack Nicholson I is good looking? Okay. I don't. All right. Good no. to know. Do you think young Jack Nicholson was good looking? Um, like how young? Like, uh, I feel like in The Shining, he was probably like. No. In his late 30s. No. Yeah, t take a sec. Look up Jack Nicholson. Maybe not The Shining because like he's a murderous. I was gonna say. Guy he, in I the also. Shining. You know what though? No, I will say younger Jack Nicholson. He was better looking. Yes, okay. yes, I do think so. Um, better looking or better looking or properly good looking. It depends. Like when he was quite younger, like just starting out. Yes, or like his like high school yearbook photo. Yeah, like oh he no, he is good looking. What, what's his hair like in the high school yearbook photo? Full. <laughs> That's just <laughs> poor Jack. I mean, I'm just. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's Jack Nicholson. Holy shit. Supposedly, according to oh Google. God, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I think he is better, but no judgment on the age portion. Like, again, I like that they portrayed this love and rom-com as an older couple. Like, I liked that. You never see that. So we have Harry and Marin, the girl who he is dating. And they go to a beach house. It's Marin's mother's beach house, Erica's house. Um, Harry and Marin have waited to sleep together until this weekend. So no one is supposed to be at this beach house except for them. And he is pumped. <laughs> so while Marin is getting changed into her bathing suit, Harry goes down to uh, get some champagne from the fridge. And while they're grabbing it from the fridge, Erica, Marin's mother, comes in from the beach with her sister Zoe. Erica freaks out. This was almost my best scene. Was it? it? Almost my best scene because I love the imagery of, remember mm -hmm. what she sees first? She sees the fridge door open <laughs> and she just sees the free feet. And she goes, <laughs> No! Oh God! What is this? Okay. You see the feet react of Jack Nicholson. I, like I thought that was really, like, it's such subtle 
uh, comedic mm-hmm. timing for that. It could be anybody's feet. It's kind of funny, actually, now that I think about it. They looked like younger feet. Um, but yeah, <laughs> almost my best scene just because of the feet reacting. Oh, I, I like thought that. was really clever. That's funny. Um, so Erica ends up calling the police about the intruder. She doesn't know who this man is. It's decided that he's going to take off after, you know, they realize that, oh, yeah, I'm dating your daughter. And she's like, no, you're not. A little yeah, bit of a yeah, tentative meeting. Yeah. For sure. And so he says, you know what? We're sophisticated people. Let's all stay the weekend. Like, let's let's see how this goes. Marin and Harry can do what they do. And then you and I can just like go on about our lives. So either later on that day or the next day, we find out in a little grocery store in town, uh, Erica and Harry, they start to they start to talk to each other and it turns out that Harry owns a hip hop label and that he's really cool. And I only say that because like, that's how they kind of portray him. The fact that this older gentleman, you know, who loves to date younger women owns a hip hop label, like doesn't dress the part, does it? He just, you know, dresses how he wants to. And he owns a hip hop label. Uh, the second largest in the country. I think they say, do you remember the name of the hip hop label? No, I don't. We're about to play a game, Sarah. Cause I find it so unbelievable that he owns a hip hop label. Well, uh, and the name of it is drive buy records oh my god i I feel like that's so like not good yeah (laughs) but but here's the thing um after doing a little bit of research it turns out having ridiculous or horrible or strange names is extremely common in record labels okay so we have a game it's two record labels and a lie sarah okay what you are about to hear i'm gonna tell you well, three record labels. Two of them actually really exist in the world, and you can look them up, and one I'm making up right on the spot. Okay. Let's hear them. Here are your options. Mm-hmm. In the Red Records, Asian Man Records, Money is Green Records. Which one of those is fake? What was the first one again? In the Red. Like, as in, like, in a deficit? Yes, like yes. Red. I uh, I want to say that that is real. Um, money is green is real. No, but I feel like Asian man record is also real. Well, which one's the oh, lie then? Money is green. Yeah, that's right. Money is green is fake. Mm. I thought Asian man records was going to tie No, the up. only reason because you chose two colors. So one of them had to be fake. Uh, you, you'll find like I've, I've lumped things that feel the oh, same okay. together a lot oh, here. Trick me. Like for example, uh, deaf tones records like deaf is in. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, fat wreck chords okay do you get it yeah like okay uh kill rock stars that's it okay so kill rock stars is fake no that oh, is no real way. same with fat wreck chords <laughs> so which one was fake deftones or- records was fake deftone yeah. deftones Deftone. great great uh band by the way um this oh. next one's gonna be tough <laughs> okay <laughs> i like how so you're laughing before there's i don't know if i'm gonna bleep any of this shit out i might the first one is Pussy God Records. <laughs> Pussy God? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Imagine uh, you are going to be recording for Pussy God Records. <laughs> or or you could be recording for Wet Dreams no. Records. Oh, it's she, like B44 songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you get down on me, I'll, I'll get, get down, down on you. you. Great stuff. Um, <laughs> Wet Dreams Recordings or All Climax Records. Oh my God. We're only... Okay, I, <laughs> we're only doing the hits. They're at trying all to climax. reach the top. <laughs> <laughs> Two of those are actually I, real. Okay, um, okay. I think Pussy God Records is actually legit, okay. which like is awful. Yep. Um, I think the climax one is fake. 
Yeah, you're right. The climax <laughs> one is fake. Okay, yeah. what was the other one? Wet dreams Wet recordings. Dreams. Yeah. I feel like they uh, like it's on the it teeters the edge of like I think it's a icky. Uh, what's that? Oh, like, it's an like, EDM label, I'm pretty sure. Of they, course they it do is. dance music, yeah. Of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> unsurprising okay yeah. i love that that's hilarious they're european as well uh, of course yeah, i was gonna say it all it's all making sense okay how about these? don't sleep any of that <laughs> i think that's hilarious the, the listeners need to know what is going on uh, true true um okay next we have flying nun records i thought i thought you were gonna say flying nuts records but oh. flying nun is like flying nuns much better yeah. times better i can just picture all these nuns flying yeah <laughs> but isn't flying? that a saying like flying nuns or something oh, or am i, I just no out to lunch you might be i might be okay what's the saying with flying nuns? we gotta know. look that up uh so we have flying nun records okay i actually think i've heard of that Really? I think I have. Wow. Uh, the next one, this is this is two words. Highway. Like highway. Like highway, you're high. Yeah. Highway okay. Jesus recordings. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then there's PSF records, but PSF, PSF stands for Psychedelic Speed Freaks. Records. Oh, man. Yeah, I know. <sighs> Which one's fake? Psychedelic Speed Freaks? Yeah. If you made that up, yeah. I am so impressed wow i i think that that is real though okay um i think flying nuns is legit as well yeah just you heard of it somehow well i don't know why the shit did you hear about that i don't know but again i'm gonna look up the saying for it (laughs) see if there's actually one and i totally might be out to lunch um so it's the middle one that's fake a high way high way jesus you're right Okay, hey, I'm better than you thought, eh? Yeah, you are better than I thought. <laughs> I don't know why. Okay, wait, but I'm as you're saying the next three, I'm gonna look up the flying nun saying. <laughs> so next we've got uh these ones are all kind of in a similar vein. There's okay. sunset hand job, <laughs> laser slut recordings. <gasps> oh no! Yeah. Laser okay. Yeah, or <laughs> Immaculate BJ Records. It's just BJ. It's not the whole word. Immaculate BJ Records. Okay, that's fake. Wow, good Can job, right? Sarah. You're right. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. At this than I don't I know. Okay, wait. What were the other? What were the first two again? Um, laser <laughs> slut recordings. That's ridiculous. That that's actually a legit re- record label. I think. I think that one's also like a dance label. <laughs> It's, no. it's like mostly dance labels are very weird. Coming from, what is it again? Laser slut Laser recordings. Laser slut recordings. That's terrible. Yeah. Okay. Um, last one. All right. So we have. This is hilarious. Tray full of lab mice. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Impervious crocodile. Impervious crocodile. Okay. Secretly Canadian. <laughs> Which one is fake? Impervious crocodile. You're right. Stop. How great really? are you at this? <laughs> I don't know. Turns out Sarah has like a really deep knowledge <laughs> of just weird record labels. Oh God, that's so funny. Because like honestly, impervious. What is it again? <laughs> crocodile. Crocodile. I was gonna say gator. Um, that's a good name for a record label. Thank you. Though. I like, just made it up. I like that. I think you have a talent. <laughs> That you should be naming record labels because some of them that you've come up with are actually better. I, You're oh like, man. so like OPI nail polish. I think I've said this before what in the podcast. OPI? 
It's a type of nail polish, OPI nail polish, okay? There is someone named Susie who names all of the collections. Oh, okay. And every time there's a, a collection that comes out, there is a nail polish in the collection that is Susie something. So Susie skis in the Pyrenees, Susie sells seashells, Susie, you know, whatever. Oh my God, I could be the Susie for you record labels. You could be the Susie for record labels. Anybody who works for a label <laughs> who listens to the pod, just let me know. I can I can get you guys all sorted. Yeah, out. yeah, exactly. Okay, <laughs> I, I thought you would actually. Secretly Canadian is an indie label that I think we actually like some of the like. Oh really? Yeah, I, I looked them up quickly and I'm like, oh shit, I, I know one or two of these. I was gonna say I almost chose that because then I was like, there's not you know I don't know it's hard for Canadian content kind of thing. But then I was like, no, I feel like that's legit and it's like so like obvious that it would be a real one. Oh, the yeah, yeah, yeahs are on Secretly Canadian. Oh, cool. Love the yeah, yeah, yeahs. I think The Flying Nun, just for everybody, is a, is oh, a yes. um, either a movie. Oh, I think it's a movie. Flying Nun? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyway, Well, thank you for on. that. You're welcome. <laughs> there might be a movie called Flying Nun. Yeah. We don't know for sure, but maybe. <laughs> Great reporting, <laughs> You're welcome. I'm like, I Googled flying nun sane and like really nothing came up, but no. it was like the flying nun and like a date. So I'm thinking that it was a movie. Anyway, moving That's on. funny. I'm kind of doing this quickly. Okay. So back at the house, we find out that Erica's having a hard time writing her comedy play. We also find out that Harry's never been married and that Harry and Marin met at an auction house. How did you two meet? At a wine auction at Christie's. Harry was the big buyer of the night. I kept raising my paddle just to get her to smile at me. Before I knew it, I bought the entire collection. I mean, every known bottle of Chateau Margot. After that, the least she could do was share a bottle with me. That night at dinner, there's a heated conversation. This is what we kind of touched on earlier, where Erica's sister Zoe goes in depth about how Harry is celebrated because he's a man and never been married. And he's old and goes for younger women. Whereas Erica is seen as a spinster, even though she's been married and divorced and that she's super productive now. But because there's nothing to do, you know, she's nothing to do with her life with regards to men. Um, men don't go for her because she doesn't look like Marin. What an awkward conversation for dinner when both Marin and Erica are sitting there. It was a little, little unique. Yeah, yeah, it was not as awkward as you people. But, you know, it's awkward. <laughs> you, you people takes the cake for awkward dinner talk. Definitely. So later on after dinner, while Marin and Harry are in the room listening to Marvin Gaye, let's get it on. I mean, can you be more obvious? Come on. Oh, okay, Chandler Bing. Can you be more obvious? Why did you say it like Chandler Bing? I didn't mean to. <laughs> wow. I honestly, I didn't even channel channel Chandler Bing for that moment, but I wish I had. Um, Erica hears Marin yell, "Mom, come here now!" So she goes running, and it turns out Harry collapsed. He's rushed to the hospital, and Keanu Reeves is the doctor. Dr. Mercer. There's a funny joke about Viagra and nitroglycerin combination that can be deadly because he denies taking it, even though we all know as the audience he did, in fact, take it because that's how you can get it up. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, God. Um, because the joke wouldn't work otherwise, right? Uh, Keanu Reeves goes to see Marin and says, okay, your dad's okay. And she says, oh, he's not my dad. Oh, your granddad's okay. Oh, we're not actually related. And then he kind of like realizes that, oh, like you're actually dating this old guy. Like, oh, okay. Then the doctor thinks that Erica is the one with him and she, and he is corrected. It turns out that Dr. Mercer is a huge fan 
First year of medical school, you learn what can keep you up all night without making you nuts. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I heard you had a house in the Hamptons. Hmm? I really am a big fan. I think I've seen every play you've ever written. So the girls agree that Do- Dr. Mercer is hot for Erica, but she doesn't believe it. And then all of a sudden, Harry goes naked, does a naked gown walk. And this is my best scene. Oh, tell us about it. Is this it's... your best scene? No, no, it's close, but it's not. Okay, so I was kind of hoping it wasn't. So yeah, so he basically is like hopped up on drugs and he just goes out and I think he's trying to leave at this point. He's like, yeah, I'm good. I'm go- I'm totally ready to go. And he... The thing with gowns at hospitals is that they don't actually like have a zipper down. They just tie up with two little things on the back. There's little butts there. So a lot of times your butt is just hanging out ready to feel the wind. I don't know why I said that. Um, But it's there. And so he starts like dancing. He grabs one of the nurses and starts dancing around. And all the while, all the three girls are sitting there in like just like, oh, my God, what is happening? And like, it's just so hilarious and so well done. So... It's not my best scene, but I do have for this best anesthesia hospital stories as taken from Reddit, (laughs) our favorite place. This is going to be good. So this one person who is an anesthesiologist um, said one of my favorites was one of my patients coming out of anesthesia, wakes up and looks at them and says, am I in hell? (laughs) And so this anesthesiologist responds, no, you're not. You're just in recovery. And then the the patient responds, that's exactly something the devil would say. <laughs> and then they told them, you got to count backwards from 100 to prove it. Because apparently the devil can't talk ba- count backwards really? from 100. No idea. Yeah. Okay. That's hilarious. The same anesthesiologist also has another story. Oh They're like, God. there was also another patient who, sh- who stroked my unshaven arm while I was trying to keep them from pulling out their IV. <laughs> And the person muttered, you'd make such a great carpet. Oh, that's really creepy. That's weird. Whoa. That's like some criminal mind serial killer vibes right there. Seriously. And he was never seen again. Um, Okay, this story is really funny. This person says, I grew up in a really remote small town. Um, They do say that it was like largely Caucasian. And then they said, you know, I had to go to a bigger city nearby to go through a procedure. The doctor happened to be Chinese. Okay. Now, this person also says, I ended up spending a few years in Taiwan as an exchange student. So after the procedure, this patient's parents come into the room and they all notice that like the doctor is really like concerned. He's really confused. He's kind of dazed. And he explains to them, he's like, I think my anesthesia actually taught your son a new language. And they're like, what are you talking about? And they're like, he started speaking Mandarin to me just out of nowhere. And this doctor was like shook to his core. And they had to explain like, no, 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 no. He spent years in Taiwan. He knows how to speak the language. But like the doctor literally thought, because I guess he woke up from the anesthesia, couldn't remember what happened, but he just started speaking Mandarin to this Chinese doctor. Oh my God. That's so funny. Imagine. Wouldn't that be wild? I mean, how does, yeah, how would you know any different of like, did, you don't know who spent time where? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Oh my God, that's so funny. Um, This person said, um, I had my wisdom teeth out and supposedly still bleeding a good amount while I was on my way to CVS to pick up some meds. So my mom was driving and I was just staring out the window, collecting blood in my mouth. Eventually it reached a point where it was too much at a red light. So I rolled down the window and just let all the blood flow out of my mouth. 
I look up and this old lady is looking at me <laughs> with pure horror on her face. I proceed while in still some sort of like drugged up haze. He just gives her like the bloodiest smile anyone had ever seen. And she wasn't, she was going to go straight. She got into the other lane to take a right instead. She's like, I don't want to be beside this person anymore. Imagine. Oh, that's so funny. Oh my God. And this last one, my husband went under last year and once he woke up by all appearances, he was as sober as a church mouse. He was walking around with the doctors asking serious questions. Apparently no issues at all. He remembered the procedure and described it in uh, much detail. Um, so everybody just figured like, oh, maybe you just didn't go under that much. Uh, he did talk about how he was craving Chinese food. Nothing would do except for a buffet. So they head down <laughs> and loaded up their plates. And evidently he had actually only just woken up from the anesthesia <gasps> at the buffet. Oh my God. And so as what? far, <laughs> so as far as he remembers, <laughs> he just like woke up and there was chicken teriyaki in front of him. He's like, where am I? <laughs> They're like, what do you mean? Like that we came all the way to the, so this weird. buffet because you wanted Chinese food. He's like, I just woke up right now. Or like, at least he like came to yeah. like his memory clicked in That's nuts. at the Chinese buffet. That is wild. So just don't make any drastic decisions while you're still no under kidding. anesthesia. No, no. I just remember having my wisdom teeth out. I really wanted uh, applesauce. Sarah uh, responds extremely oh, aggressively to freezing. Like you looked at, do, do you remember, um, was it Tommy Lee Jones who played Two-Face in those Tim Burton Batman movies in one of the Batman movies? In Dark Knight? Harvey Dent? No, uh, no, no. It was oh, the other ones. Oh, okay, okay. Back in like the 90s, Tommy, Tommy Lee, Lee Jones, Jones played Two-Face. Yeah, you, you weren't quite as creepy as the, the new Eckhart? one as Aaron Eckhart you were more like comedically hilarious <laughs> like Tommy Lee Jones just entire side of her face could not move yeah the doctors and the nurses were laughing hysterically because they thought like they didn't realize that they had put so much freezing in and my entire side of my face was like <laughs> it wouldn't move my mom actually thought that they had taped up my cheek and then i came closer and she realized it wasn't taped up that was just the way that my <laughs> face was <laughs> yikes wow so harry gets discharged from the hospital but he has to go and stay nearby in order for him to get fully you know discharged from the doctor and like is able to go back to new york so he stays at erica's beach house and honestly i don't know why Mar Mary's like i gotta go back into the city to work and it's like woman this is your boyfriend you take care of the old man Erica ends up having to babysit and take care of him. Like, I would have been like, um, no, this is not my job. This is not my rodeo. Like, it's like leaving a dog with your parents and they're like, hold on, I, I'm not taking care of your dog. Yeah, like, this you is just, your dog. You can't, like, just bring him with you? No, I can't. <laughs> I like that you compared him to a dog. Because <laughs> he is very needy. He is very needy. Very needy. He is, but, like, it's not, it shouldn't have been Erica's job to look after Marin should have stayed. Like, take For take sure. some sick days, girl. For sure. Anyway, so while Erica's working one night, she smells cigars and goes to the pool house to find him smoking a cigar, listening to loud music, and is on the phone. They have a chat about sleep and how they both don't sleep a lot. And the turtlenecks. She wears turtlenecks, and I think it's symbolism to how uptight and, you know, not living her best life it is. However, her writing has taken a turn in the right direction because of Harry. It's kind of sparked something inside of her. Afterwards, Harry turns off the lights in his bedroom, and so Erica thinks that he's gone to bed. So she takes off all her clothing clothing and is about to go into the bathroom when Harry comes around the corner and sees her 
naked. He was trying to find the kitchen. Later the next day. Can oh, we actually talk about it? Like that was can. fully naked Diane It was Keaton. fully naked that, Diane uh, Keaton. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Good yeah. for her. That, I know. That takes a lot, I'm yes, sure. Yes, I do have a quick fact about it later. Okay. Later that day, the doctor comes to visit uh, and checks out Harry to see, you know, how he's doing. And they have a conversation about Erica. The doctor thinks that she's beautiful. And we see that this will be Erica's love interest in the movie. Pot calling the kettle black? <laughs> a little bit, maybe? Because they're both going to be dating young people? Um, so Harry asks Erica to go for a walk on the beach uh, later that day. And she asks him, what's with all the young girls? And he says he likes to travel light. And she's like, what does that even mean? And he says, only, gr- only young girls will get it. I still don't really get it, but, you know, I guess not with all the baggage, because as they get older, they're either divorced or, you know, at least have kids or like whatever else they have. They have luggage baggage. Well, and I think it's also like he's not there for marriage. He's not in it for the kids. He's not in it. Like, let's just travel light. I would like to move on quickly, please. Uh, Yes, that makes sense. So it turns out that Erica has a date with Dr. Mercer. And when he gets to the door, Erica comes out and both men, both Harry and Julian, are stunned by her beauty. While Erica's out on her date, Harry takes a look at all the photo albums in the house and realizes that at one point she was fun and adventurous without her turtlenecks on. On uh, the date with Erica and Julian, Erica can't believe that Julian, Dr. Mercer, actually wants to date her and be more than friends. Back at the house after the date, Harry and Erica have a little internet chat where they have a PJ party in the kitchen and they end up chatting away about, you know, why she misses being married. And they kind of have a heart to heart and more. They're seeming to bond more. You're a tower of strength. Oh, try not to rate my answer. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. but You know what you're like? You're like one of those great portraits you see over a fireplace. Words have been invented to describe women like you. Such as? Flinty. And uh, impervious. So you think I'm inhuman? No. I think you're formidable. And then all of a sudden you can see this major chemistry between them. Then Marin shows up. She's come for the night. And she gets to the house just when Erica and Harry are sharing a moment. And it's decided that, you know what, Erica's just going to let them, because technically they're still kind of dating, the two of them. They're still hanging out. And so Erica kind of just like, it's awkward, but it's not. And Erica kind of just fades away and is like, yeah, I don't want pancakes anymore. Like, you do you. Although Marin can see that there's something kind of, you know, kindling between the two of them, between Harry and Erica. And she likes it. So the next day, she tells her mom she met someone else and is breaking up with Harry. And says, you and Harry, like, go for it, because there is something between you two. So Erica gets a call from Julian, the doctor, and he wants to go on another date, which they plan to go on Friday. And at the same time, she sees Marin breaking up with Harry. But then she actually realizes after, like, Marin comes in and was like, oh, my God, Harry was actually breaking up with me. And she's like, Mom, I'm pretty sure he did that because he wants to pursue something with you. Like, you need to go for this. So Erica and Harry end up spending the day by the beach together. And when it starts to rain, they run inside. The power goes out. They end up making out the symbolism. They end up in bed. He cuts off her white turtleneck and she just like breathes this big. It's a little weird, but like breathes this big like, ah, and it's like the symbolism of her, like, you know, becoming fun and adventurous and living her, you know, best life as like. Let's just do it. Like, let's have fun. Don't be so uptight. Totally. It's her shedding. I'm glad you said symbolism because, yeah, watching it, I'm like, this is 
this is just metaphors here. It's not about the turtleneck. It's about her. Yeah. And I like was dying laughing like when they cut off the turtleneck and like, oh my God, we got to check your blood pressure first and blah, blah. What yeah, an old person way to have sex. <laughs> Which is, man, it was hilarious. Honest. And it's it's those things that like this film, it, you, you can't do it in other rom-coms because typically the love interests are not old enough. But it's just like they they poke fun at it in yeah. such a fun way. Yes, in, you know? and in in the perfect amount, yeah. right? Like you know, um, I remember taking a, a class in school that like it was like, yeah, older people enjoy having sex too. Just because they're old doesn't mean they stop. Like you know, and like it's just one of those things where like I I like this movie, like I said, because it's old people portray older. They're not even old. So they're older people. I, I know the answer to the question, but I know. You listening, you need me to ask the question, <laughs> what friggin' class were you watching that they're like, here's the thing about old people Not having watching. sex, guys? Well, no, but you're like, in a class, somebody's like, I'm going to tell you all about old people and sex. Well, my minor is in gerontology. Right. So my minor is in the study of old people. So um, <laughs> that is my minor. It's the technical um, term for it, too. It is, We're yes. studying old people, all right? <laughs> so, like, yeah, I studied... Yeah, them as a whole. Um, and I also like had volunteered at um, uh, like a retirement slash like older age home. Um, and so, yeah, like you did talk about like how, you know, older people like we actually went into depth about how like when you're working in an older age home and like they want to have sex, they sometimes ask the people like the nurses and stuff to help them get into the positions. Oh, yeah. My. No lie. God. Yeah. How <laughs> I have so many questions. <laughs> Yes. Holy I don't shit. work in the field of gerontology, though. Yeah, so. you've never done that. No, okay. no. You just know that you would have had to be called upon at some well, point. Well, no, like, they usually call the nurses, right? Because, yeah, yeah. like, they'll move them. But if but you yeah. went into that, that field. <laughs> yes, <you> know, <laughs> yeah. <ooh. laughs> wow. Yeah, there's your tidbit for the day. Okay, so they both end up sleeping together, and they're minds are blown they end up talking and he says i'm not good at being monogamous and she says oh like i hardly know you and then they do it again so later <laughs> on though she makes plans for them to go to paris and he gets spooked he says you know what i'm just gonna go back to my room and she realizes that like he would normally send the girls home but she is at her home and he is actually the one who's visiting so then he says you know for a minute you know soulmates and then ends up leaving though and then he comes back and says you know what i do want to try and sleep with you so like you can see the the almost the battle in there's a struggle in, yeah in yeah. harry that he does actually want to like put both feet in but is still like very you know afraid of of being caught so Harry gets the all clear from the doctor and tells Julian, you know, thanks for everything. And he actually starts crying and he says, you know, is this normal for somebody who went through something like this? And he says, yes, 100%. You come out with a different perspective. And Harry says, yeah, like I never knew I'd like the things that I like at this point. Will I ever go back to being myself? Because again, he doesn't want to be, you know, caught in a corner. He wants to live his free dating under 30 life. So Erica says her farewell to Harry and he heads back to the city. But before that, you know, they, they kiss and he says, I love ya. And she says it back. He says, I love ya. And she says, I love you. There's, there's a few things that Harry says that get called into question. He also has a line where he's like, you're a woman to love Erica. She's like, what does that even mean? <laughs> and it's just, 
and it, back to Jack Nicholson's delivery, yes. he says it in such yeah. a way that I think as you, the audience, it's you're also charming. like, oh, that's adorable. <laughs> yeah. But then you think the same as Erica. You're like, what does that mean? And then Erica says it and you're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm with you, Erica. What the what, hell does that mean? What does that mean? But when he said it, I did believe it. I just yeah. don't know what I believe. <laughs> exactly. Like, or how to take it. Like, is it a compliment? Is it not yeah. a compliment? You're like, you're a woman to love. Not, well, that's I nice. love you. Yeah, like, <laughs> thank you? Question mark, question mark, question mark. So Erica gets a phone call from her daughter, Marin, saying, you know, I had lunch with dad. He met somebody. He's getting married. She's only two years older than me. And she's absolutely freaking out, which is funny because I'm like, you're dating someone your father's age or you were. And like now it's weird when your dad does it. Like I just all these things, yeah. right? All these connections that that you are not necessarily at the forefront of this movie, but are kind of behind the scenes. You're like, yeah, but wait, Marin, you were dating someone your father's age. And now it's not okay for somebody else to date your own dad. And that I think that leads to where she ends up at the end of the movie. She's yes. probably considering her past choices with Harry. Foreshadowing. Yes, yes. So um she asks Erica to come back into the city to be with her. And she has an auction that night. So when she's about to go and sell some art, she says to Erica, I need you to do something for me. And I need you to say yes. I need you to come to dinner tonight with dad and his new fiance and me. And she's like, uh, no, why would I ever go and do that? Like a volunteer. And she's like, uh, no, I'm volunteering, like volunteer telling you to do it. So they end up going for, um, for dinner, but Erica has, a date with the doctor that night back at the beach house that she completely forgets about. Poor Keanu Reeves. I know. So, but at the dinner in the city, uh, Erica gets drunk off martinis and Marin is taking stabs at the new fiance. And then Harry enters the restaurant with a date. Erica sees them. Erica walks by supposedly nonchalantly, but really doesn't make it work. And he sees her, but then she runs out of the restaurant. I felt something with you that I never really knew existed. Do you know what that's like after a 20-year marriage to feel something for another person that is so, that, oh, right, right, not your problem. She's heartbroken. She's getting into a cab and says, like, are we done? And he says, I don't know. Then he seemingly has another heart attack. However, we find out at the hospital that it's just stress and that he's told that you need to take some time to recuperate. Erica gets back to the beach house sobbing and starts writing her play. My best scene. Oh my God. This is literally, if there was a worse scene in a movie, this would be this. Go ahead. Really? Oh my God. How would you describe this, this next sequence of this scenes? This is a crying montage. It is a crying montage. Every rom-com has to have a montage. Good for Nancy Myers for like changing it up with a crying montage. I, I just, Diane Keaton is a spectacular <laughs> actress. She is. A multi-award winning actress. 100%. I don't think the crying was done very well. No. I actually think it was done poorly by design, probably, because it's just her like, <laughs> and like typing away. It was so bad. And and you could see like little spurts of inspiration where she would kind of like. <laughs> and then and then she'd fling her hair back going. <laughs> like, I, I wonder if the direction was like, make this as over the top as you want, because it I was. And it was funny, and I'm it, like, I'm kind of watching it. Like, is this supposed to be funny? <laughs> I think maybe, maybe a little bit. Let's you know, hope. like Princess Bride. Like, let's make this stupid and silly. 
when it feels serious, but it's not, you know, like kind of somewhere in the middle. It was a little drawn out though. Like it was a long montage. Like her running on the beach, flinging her hair, crying, (laughs) her like lying down, like sobbing. Oh Oh my God. God, I loved it. It was so funny. Screw your dress up montages. Oh my God. Well, instead of having, you know, sex in every room of the house, she had a crying montage in every room of the house. Yeah. (laughs) It was funny. On the beach, Erica and Marin are having a heart to heart. And she says, you know what, Marin, even though I'm heartbroken, I had the time of my life and let someone in. You actually have to do that. And she's like, I never wanted to do that because I wanted to be a strong, independent woman. And she tells Marin, you need to go for it. You need to open yourself up. Later on that day, Zoe, Erica's sister, finds the doctor at the farmer's stand and brings him back to the beach house to see Erica. They end, all end up having dinner together, and after dinner, Erica and Julian kiss. Erica finally finishes her play and lets Julian read it, to which he tells her it's her best thing she's ever written, and then they make out. So we kind of see like the progression of their relationship as well. They end up dating. Harry's out on a date with a girl who's an actress. This was so close to being my best scene because it was hilarious. This actress is telling Harry about, you know, the part that she's going to be auditioning for and tells him like, oh, yeah, you know, it's a part where she's about to this girl's about to have sex with this older guy. And he, you know, he moans and ends up having a heart attack. And he realizes in that moment that this is Erica's play. She has written the play about him and their relationship. This is like gold. I'm so happy the movie went in this way. This was genius. I loved it. I mean, you could kind of tell that that's what That's what was happening, but I loved the way it was done. I thought it was so funny. Harry thinks he's having another heart attack, goes back to the hospital, but ends up having an anxiety talk. The doctor says, like, you need to go away for a good amount of time, leave, and become stress-free because this is, like, you have way too much anxiety. So we we see six months later, Erica's play comes out. uh, It's called A Woman to Love, which I thought was so fantastic. And Harry goes in and hears a lot of people applauding the play he ends up leaving and he heads to see Marin just wants to say hi and apologize if he did anything wrong he finds out that she's married and pregnant which like is very fast like very very quickly in a span of like six months asks her how you know it would go over if he went to go see Erica and Marin says you never know unless you actually go but she's out of town right now Paris for her birthday he goes to Paris to surprise her Erica sees him come in the door and she freaks out He's super happy when he sees her, comes over and gives her a kiss hello. It turns out that he sold his businesses, moved to the Caribbean island for like literally um, only a few hours though because he couldn't handle it. And then he started to revisit all the women from his past. He wanted to, you know, make amends and figure out how he became the way he did. They end up all slamming the doors in his face. And, you know, after he tells his story, they end up coming around some of the women and, and it was closure for them all. We then find out after he's done kind of telling him, telling Erica, you know, what he did the last six months, we find out that Julian went to Paris with Erica because they're like full on dating now, which like is kind of awkward because they share an intimate moment over reading glasses and it's very awkward for Julian. So Harry's on the bridge crying and a van pulls up with Erica inside and tells him that, you know, when Julian saw them together, he knew that Erica was still in love with Harry and he tells her that he's in love with her and they kiss. Turns out the heart attack was easy to get over. You were something else. I finally get what it's all about. I'm 63 years old, and and I'm in love for the 
first time in my life. That's what I came here to say. So this film, we've we've danced around it a few times, but there are some similarities to real life, especially in the character of Harry Sanborn, in that the celebrities do often date way younger. So can we do the ultimate list of celebrities who date way younger, and maybe we can give each of these people, like... Here's the thing. I don't want to crap on love. If people love each other, that's cool. Love comes in all different varieties and shapes and forms. But but some of these, I... I read them and I'm like, eh, eh, you know, <laughs> why, why, why don't we just do that? Is this okay. a thumbs up or like a, eh, eh, okay. Am I going to make those it. noises? Totally. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Um, Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio first on my list because he famously dates supermodels who are up to 23 younger years, younger than him right now. He's dating the, his oldest supermodel, actually, who's 27. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I kind of, I don't put Leo in the category of, I think the way you're going is going to be older um, because he's hot. And you know what? He's still young enough. I don't care what he does because he is hot AF. I, I was about to say, I also think Leo is free from any scrutiny because I think those supermodels know exactly what's going on. And I think For Leo sure. knows it. like, we're just, he's still good looking. So the supermodels are like, sweet, I'm going to have sex with a celebrity on For a yacht. Sure. Yeah. Love and, that. Yeah. And Leo's like, I'm going to have sex with you and you're going to be on a yacht. And it's all very clear. Yeah. Like <laughs> I think, you know? I think, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Leo may more than likely not marry you like you're in it for a good time you know what you're getting yourself into totally because it's been all over the news for i don't know the last 10 years like i don't care what he does i think it's totally fine because he is hot good god so totally fine compared to dane cook oh who oh has dated playboy bunny amanda cerny who at the time well who is 21 years younger than him but right now he is engaged to kelsey taylor who is 27 years younger than him wow that and i think they do love each other they're engaged that's that's they're engaged there's something there did you hear the story with dane cook too how his brother managed all of his accounts and financials and defrauded him (gasps) out of like hundreds of millions of dollars yeah that's awful it is awful that sucks so i think dane cook is probably like on the surface i'm like ooh, this feels icky but then i'm like i think he just it's different when they're engaged like they're actually gonna get married yeah throw in an eddie murphy who has 11 kids, by the way. Eddie Murphy. Okay. You know what, though? He's still he's still really good looking. Not that that has anything to do with it, but like he is good looking. 11 kids is interesting. 11 like, kids any, is a lot. Anytime anybody has a lot of kids with a lot of different people. A lot I'm of different like, people. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, his fiance, Paige Butcher, is 20 years younger than him. Mm-hmm. He also dated Amber Rose, who is 23 years younger than him. How old is he? Do you know? Oh, he's in his 60s now, right? Yeah, like it might be a little bit meh, but like, I don't know. Yeah, if he has any kids with them, then it's like, it's like a wow, you know? Wow, it's like a Nick Cannon situation. Yeah, Nick Nick Cannon. Cannon. See, Nick Cannon. That's a whole other thing. Eddie Murphy's 62, by the way. Nick Cannon does it to himself, though, I feel. Because Eddie Murphy, like, I wouldn't have known he had all those kids. 
unless you like look it up. Right, Nick Cannon right. is very outspoken. He's like, I love every one of my kids. And then somebody asks him like, what are all their birthdays? And he's like, I don't know. And you're like, well, then do you love them? Yeah. That, like, come on, man. Well, you know what? That is like a whole thing right now. I, uh, which I can't remember the celeb who did it. She did like a breakdown of like a whole hierarchy, not a hierarchy, but like <laughs> a, um, not a hierarchy <laughs> like of the Nick children. Like is king and who's going like, to inherit well, the yeah, throne. And then like all the, like all the baby mamas and then all the kids like trickle down oh into like a, um, a, like a genealogy report, like all of the, um, the levels anyway. Yeah. Nick it Cannon was a wild, wild. a lot of his DNA procreate. into the world. Yeah. Um, I'm going to call Amber Rose into question because P. Diddy also dated Amber Rose. They're 14 years Apart oh. in age, P Diddy is now dating a model who is twenty years younger than me. Lot they really like to date younger. Stephen Ty, this this one might be the most wild. Oh, no, I think I've heard of this one. This one is. Steven Tyler was engaged to Aaron Brady, who was twenty two years younger, but he also dated Amy Preston. 40 years younger too much too much no too much way too, way much. too much you are in different generations of humans like no yeah true no um now this the, these next two have been in the news a lot and it's mm. kind of what's spurring along this story because al pacino oh yeah so he's dated actress uh lucilla sola oh. who was more than 30 years younger than him yeah, and then much. he dated actress maytel dona Doan, who is almost 40 years younger than him, but currently he has a baby on the way. Right. With? Noor. Yeah. Yeah, she's a producer. And she's in her, I think they're about 30 years apart, I believe. I th something something like, like, that. like that. Yeah, that's definitely hit the headlines after, of course. Robert, Robert De, Niro De Niro also has a kid on the way. Yes. Um, I find it's very interesting. Like, I mean, I think with the whole situation for, um, Al Pacino's girlfriend, she's dated like the likes of, um, Mick Jagger and Clint Eastwood. And like, they've actually interviewed her and she just says, I really like old people. And I'm just like, well, like, did, did you I see her know. in school actually, when you were studying old people, maybe she was there. She's <laughs> Do you yeah. love old people? I, I really love old people, though. And you're like, what? <laughs> what no. do you mean? <laughs> oh, my God. In what way do you like old people? Or yeah. do you like old men? We like, just want to study old people. You, <laughs> you Oh, you want to study old like, people. Like, I'm Got sorry, it. but, like, Clint Eastwood is, he is old. He's pushing 100. He is, yeah. And, like, you can like old people. But, but she like, likes old yeah, people. Yeah, like, I feel like it's like, hmm, I don't know. Like, what is? what are your thoughts here? Why, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, feels weird. Uh, not uh, like on the other side of things, there are some female actresses and oh, celebrities okay. who. So, for example, Jada Pickett Smith. Yeah. Remember the entanglements that uh, went so viral with her in August. Yes. August is 21 years younger than her. OK, you know what? Yeah, because we can't discriminate just men. That's right. So let's. Yeah. Demi Moore famously dated Ashton Kutcher. Oh, no, they, were they were married. Yes. They were 16 married. years apart. Those two. Yeah. You know what? I never saw it. I'm really happy that Ashton Kutcher is with Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. Now know. that was the forever right couple, their soulmates. The Demi Moore situation, I don't know. Like I, it was he was really young. And do you feel like it was an overcorrect correction? She was with Bruce Willis, who yeah. is like you know very stern, very. And then you go to Ashton Kutcher, who's like the the two and a half men guy you know the, yeah. the, that 70s show kid i i think yeah like the pendulum I don't know. swinging entirely in the other direction 
it gives share vibes, you know? Okay, sure. Like share dates, share dates like quite younger. Or how about another pop star? Madonna, ladies and gentlemen, oh, has goodness. dated. Yeah. She has dated four guys who were at least 29 years younger than her. Weren't some of them her dancers? Uh, yeah, I think okay. some of them are. She also dated Alex Rodriguez, who is 18 years younger than her. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to do the noise. Wow, that you, yeah. I'm trying to do the noise that you had at the first. No, that's perfect. Because that's judgy, but we're not outright saying right. we're judging. Like, yeah. Love, you know what? Like, I think it's great that they find love in these. I just hope there's no alternative, ulterior, sorry, ulterior motives to all of these things, right? Which sometimes there are. Most definitely there are. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of times Either there are. Either just have, you know, to do it with somebody like who's famous or just, you know, gold digger. You know, there's a whole bunch of, there's a whole <laughs> so bunch of situations things. Yeah, here. yeah. You can get a free Birkin bag? What? <laughs> like. <laughs> oh, man. Are we on to quick facts? Nancy Myers wrote the roles of Erica and Harry specifically for Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson. When Erica kisses Harry in the scenes outside of the restaurant in New York City, it was an improvisation by Diane Keaton. Writer and director Nancy Myers liked it so much that she decided to use it in the final cut of the movie. 20th Century Fox declined to make the movie, citing that the leads were too old. The interior of Harry's house is the same townhouse used as Miranda Priestley's house in The Devil Wears Prada in 2006. Harry Sanborn mentions that he was once engaged to journalist Diane Sawyer. In real life, Sawyer was married to Mike Nichols, who directed Jack Nicholson in Carnal Knowledge in 1971, The Fortune in 1975, Heartburn in 1986, and Wolf in 1994. Jack Nicholson turned down starring in the movie Bad Santa in 2003 to be in this movie. I think he made the right choice. I was going to say, thank God. Bad Santa was good, but... Um, okay. <laughs> Was it? (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed it. I understand if you don't. In this movie, Jack Nicholson plays a notorious bachelor who always escaped the noose, while Diane Keaton plays a divorcee. In real life, it's the other way around. Jack Nicholson is the divorcee, while Keaton is a bachelorette. First, albeit brief, full frontal nudity scene for Diane Keaton. Although highly publicized as her first actual nude scene, in fact, she appeared topless, semi-nude, in the movie Looking for Mr. Goodbar in 1977. How shocked were you by that scene? I wasn't shocked at all. I was, I, like, I've watched this movie a couple times. I forgot that that happens. I think because, you know, Jason Siegel in uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, <laughs> that was a shock. He takes the romantic comedy cake for nudity in a in <laughs> He a does. I, for me, yes, because I didn't see it coming. I didn't think he would actually go full frontal aggressively so totally good for jason (laughs) when asked why she chose to appear in full nudity at age 57 and not before diane keaton said your idea about your body changes completely as you get older now i just see it as a body it's not like this precious commodity that i have to hide because i'm like oh my god i don't want anyone ever to see me ever ever which i felt for about a bajillion years but now i feel like what's the difference i still feel self-conscious but i don't care about being in a movie and showing my naked body in a silly scene where I'm going, wah, nah, ah, who cares? The American poster for this film featured large pictures of Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton. In Japan, the poster also included a large picture of Keanu Reeves, presumably because of his popularity there at the time. I was going to say, like, I, I feel like he's a big deal from like the Matrix movies and stuff. When instant messaging Erica, Harry's screen name is Harry 37. Jack Nicholson was born in 1937. 
The DVD includes a deleted scene where Harry sings La Vie en Rose for Erica in a karaoke bar. Part of this scene was in one of the trailers. Jack Nicholson sings the same song during the end credits. Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton appear together in the movie Reds in 1981. The title of the movie is from a 1954 song written by Johnny Mercer, namesake of Dr. Julian Mercer, in this movie played by Keanu Reeves. Something's Gotta Give is also the name of the movie Marilyn Monroe was fired from in 1962. She died shortly thereafter and the film was never finished, although it was refilmed as Move Over Darling in 1963 with Doris Day. When they asked Jack Nicholson during a press junket why older men like younger women, he answered in a gruff voice, skin. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Jack is Harry Seaborn, isn't he? <laughs> I think so. I mean, he fit the bill pretty well. The first trailer included footage of Harry and a gorgeous woman walking through a restaurant comparing his life with those sitting there. I'm sorry. I'm just picturing Jack Nicholson, <laughs> especially know. in his voice. That's like his voice is gruff, but smooth. Like it is I can gruff. just picture him long pause. Yeah. Talks right into my skin. To like, skin. <laughs> like, oh God. With this film, Sony became the first studio to release nine films that opened at number one at the box office in a single year. They broke the record in 2006 with the release of Gridiron Gang. The poster for this movie is very similar to Jack Nicholson's earlier film, Man Trouble, from 1992. When Julian, played by Keanu Reeves, asks Leo, played by John Favreau, what he does, he replies chef. Favreau portrayed a chef in the movie Chef in 2014. The film's cast includes three Oscar winners, Jack Nicholson, Diane Keaton, and Francis McDormand. Honorable mentions. So my honorable mention is actually part of what you literally just talked about. A question for Sarah. Right. You have the notes right in front of you, so maybe you know the answer. <laughs> Who's the most awarded actor or actress in this cast? Ooh. You don't have the numbers? Is it? Oh, good. I don't have the numbers. Um, is it Diane Keaton? It is not Diane oh, okay. Keaton. I would like to honorably mention Francis... McDorman, simply for the fact that, you know, you have a film that you just mentioned, Diane Keaton's in it, yep. Keanu Reeves, Jack mm. Nicholson, John Favreau, Amanda Peet, the biggest award winner in this film, 20 years later, is the other sister, played by Frances Smith. She has wow. four Academy Awards now. That's amazing. Three of which are Best Actress Awards. And she, yeah, she's picked up four Academy Awards I compared no to idea. Nicholson, who has three, and Diane mm. Keaton, who has scored one. Okay. And of course, John Favreau and Keanu yeah. Reeves—they've won other things. But I would say, like, just in terms of like pinnacle, like twenty years later, it's freaking Frances McDormand. That's amazing, and she's like barely in this. Do you know what movies she's won for? Yes. Well, she had won one at the point that this came out because okay. she was in the original Fargo. Oh, and that one, cool. she won a Best Actress for that. She also won for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, in 2018, Nomadland in 2021, mm. and that also won best, best Picture, which is how she made the four. Oh, cool! But like she That's had super cool. She had one walking into this movie, but yeah. now in the past, like as of the recording of this, mm -hmm. five years. I'm bad at math. Yeah, five years. She's picked up three more. Okay, so my honorable mention is Amanda Peet as Marin. Cool. Okay. I actually really liked her as this character, but I mean, I like Amanda Peet. To like as an actress, but I really liked her character as Marin. I liked how 
easy going with all of this because it could have really gone differently. Like her character really could have acted in a different way. Um, but I really thought that she was the girl next door, like really just um, genuine and really nice and kind. I and and really loved her mom. Like I just I really and really wanted her to be happy. Um, I liked her character in this a lot. What should have been? Should Marin have ended up with the doctor? Ooh. Would that have been a weird, funny, like, switch? Okay, talk it out. I've got a better who should Marin have ended up with story, but you okay. talk out yours. Like, Keanu Reeves. So, okay, yeah, because let's play it out. Marin brings Harry to the beach house, meets her mom. At first, they don't like each other. Mm-hmm. Marin does meet the doctor and realizes he's just not interested in her He's actually interested in the mom. But what if, like Harry's idea has flipped, like Harry then likes Erica, what if the doc then likes Marin? You know, at the end of the movie, would it be weird because they both didn't have sex with each other at that point in time, right? I thought that's where they might be going, which I think is maybe why they didn't do it because they're like, it's a little too obvious. Mm, I see that. But I do find like when, when... Harry goes to apologize to Marin. It had been six months. And she's like, yeah, I'm pregnant and I'm married. And I'm I like, down, baby. whoa, that is very quickly. <laughs> we good. Yeah. Like that, like not only are you married, but like you're also three months pregnant. So you like interesting timelines there. <laughs> so when we first started this podcast, the what should have been was kind of like a take something in the romantic comedy ether and pull it into this movie in terms right, of what should right. have been. And it has shifted a little bit. It has but... shifted, but I have one of those for this. Okay, I like it. Because Marin, mm-hmm. do you remember the movie Letters to Juliet? Yes. Amanda Seyfried, mm-hmm. Gail Garcia Bernal was a, what was he? He was a restaurateur who brought her to where? Italy. And what did he end up doing the whole time in Italy, Sarah? He went to wine auctions, baby. Oh, that is such a good memory. That's a deep pull. Amanda Peet in this movie, Marin, was a wine auctioneer. So I'm just saying that there is a world where she meets a, uh, I think his name was Victor in, in Letters to Juliet. Yeah, Victor. She meets a Victor. At a wine auction, similar to a Harry. He's got a similar vibe, too. He's kind of, he's an entrepreneur. He thinks he's pretty good shit. <laughs> he loves he loves going to wine auctions. I feel like there's a world where they do meet if wow. this rom-com cinematic universe could happen. I mean, they could have done a sequel off of this. Uh, like, yeah, exactly. Wow. Okay, that, was a, that was a deep pull. Like, I am impressed. Because that was not nowhere on my radar. <laughs> At all, but she's a she's a an art auctioneer as well. Yeah, I think she she's just, just she's an au- she's auctioneer. An auctioneer. Yeah, I, I was, was gonna say you're just specifying. I it was for pointing this. out that she did auction off wine when mm. she met Harry. Yeah, I like it. That was that's a really good one. Overall rewatchability. So I've got chemistry. The chemistry was so hard for me to place for this one because it is the classic. We've seen this trope in romantic comedies. Hate turns to love storyline. So you got to kind of pinpoint, you know, where does the chemistry actually happen? I think they actually had a lot of chemistry between Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson. Um, For a 4.46 out of 5 for Dev. Storyline a 4.32. Thirst Factor a 3.5. Imagination a 4.63. We don't often, we've talked about this, see romantic comedies with where, you know, two people in their 50s 
or 60s are like the main love interest. Those right. are the people we're going to root for. That's, you know, what people are going to the movie theaters to see. Like, really? Like mm-hmm. two fifty year olds finding love? Yeah. No, absolutely. It, it works. But I feel like you needed a little bit of imagination to pull it all together. Soundtrack, a 4.25. Do you remember what song we opened with, Sarah? We opened with Crazy Town Butterfly. Oh, yes, that's right. That's on your um, <laughs> My Crowd Pleasers playlist on Spotify, by the way. That's a big hit. And she's a 3.8. I'm dropping it down a whole point five just because we have the crying montage. Oh, my God. I also, call- yes, I called it that, right? For an overall score for Devin. Of 4.16 out of 5. This is a really, really great movie. Okay, my rewatchability is Chemistry 4.5, Storyline 4.4, Thirst Factor 3.5, Imagination 4.4, Soundtrack 4.2, Cheese 3.2 for an overall score of 4.03. 4.03, Sarah? Yeah. I felt bad giving it a 4.16. I thought it deserved more, but... It's the way the cookie crumbles, right? It is a very good movie. Yeah, like I think, like I mean, cheese, we always disagree on that. So like the cheese for me, it wasn't, it wasn't super overly cheesy, right? Like I actually thought the writing was really well done. For me, like the jokes, the writing, like it was very well done. So like the cheese would be like lower for me, right? It's not we actually super cheesy. had somebody reach out on Instagram not long ago saying, I still don't understand how you guys rank cheese. And I mean, fair enough. I get it. We d- we disagree about the cheese. <laughs> this has been the Rom-Com Rewind of Something's Gotta Give. Uh, wherever you're listening to us, please throw us a follow or subscribe. And if you ever want to reach out about anything in the world, maybe just want to say hi at Rom-Com Rewind on Instagram. Thanks for listening.